Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels not in distress. Hoes came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press. Hi, Chloe. Hello. So what's what? been going on with you? I don't know. Not much. I'm getting a little stir crazy. So I've been going on daily walks. Ooh, I, you will like this. I went on a nice hike with wow. guy that I went on the socially distanced state with. And it was an enjoyable hike. And he brought his dog and what hike was it? It was Runyon, but we actually, Oh my God, you and Runyon. We stayed on the trail this time. That's all I ask. And I saw not the trail. <laughs> I saw that bitch Davina walking up as we were walking down from selling sunset. No and way. Really? Yeah. I saw her walking out. I think like she could tell that I recognized her too. Like she was like, just like looking. Cause like, yeah. But, um, she looked really miserable. She's very miserable on the show. And he was very cool when I was like, oh my God, it's Davina. And he was like, ew. <laughs> I was like, selling sunset. That would be me. Um, but what's been going on with you? You know, I am just chilling. My dad and I went to the Outer Banks this past weekend. And my dad and I are like road warriors. We've been doing all of these like car trips. Um, like we drove to Maine, which was a nine hour drive. We drove to Martha's Vineyard and now we drove to the Outer Banks and that was six hours. And let me tell you that I was out of my environment. Um, masks are definitely optional in the Outer Banks. Um, but it was really fun. We ate a lot of fishies and, um, some hikes. The beaches were really pretty there. Didn't love the uh, mask stuff. Some people were like chatting near me in like outdoor spaces. My whole thing is like, I get that like the kids thing is kind of sketchy, but I still feel like kids are transmitting the virus. And like a lot of people don't have their kids wearing masks and like kids just like don't understand the six feet distance thing. And like, I don't blame them. Obviously they're kids, but then they just run up near you and like someone is like say hi to you and stuff like that. And I, I don't love it. Yeah, I just feel like it's so, we just don't know so much about it that it's like, just, yeah. 
put a mask on your kids. Let's just solve Or at safe. least just keep them near you, right? Yeah. Like if I get it, because I know I'm sure it's like impossible to get a kid to wear a mask, but at least then like make sure that they're staying by you because like it is kind of uncomfortable because like obviously I'm worried about my dad. Um, right. Like when a kid is like coming around and like breathing near him. Yeah, totally. Have you been doing any of the outdoor workout classes? No, not really. I just got um, a stationary bike. It's coming. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's not You can do Peloton classes with me though, because you could do them on your phone. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So the whole reason I was like, because everyone's like, oh, did you get a Peloton? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not a millionaire. Um, but like, it's because like, with Peloton, you have to pay for the bike and then you have to pay for the classes too, right? I know. Thank you, dad. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, it's like... Not that I, we're millionaires. Definitely not. Yeah, no, no. But it's like, yeah, your dad probably has a little extra money for the Peloton, which is like, <laughs> yeah. that's so nice. But like, yeah, because it was kind of that thing where I was like running and I felt kind of weird. It's so hard to run with like a mask on and I'm trying to be like sensitive of people around me and be respectful. Listen, so, I'll trade you a Peloton subscription for your Washington Post subscription. So speaking of the Washington Post, we have a dating and relationship reporter on today from there, Lisa Bonos. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Lisa is the dating and relationships reporter for the Washington Post. And you've been doing that for about several years now, right? Yeah, about five years now, actually. Oh, wow. So do you want to kind of walk us through like how you got into that and like what got you interested in that? Sure. I actually had a dating column at UCLA when I was a student there. No, I'm not going to hold that against you that you went to UCLA. Yeah. I saw that on the, (laughs) you know, you're a friend of Nassim's, so (laughs) that's probably okay. My sister Um, went to UCLA, so we'll allow it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, there were lots of... uh, there were a lot of UCLA USD jokes during the yeah. college admission scandal that were happening uh-huh. in the in the alumni group chats. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I was going to, I mean, this will date me, but when I was at UCLA, I was watching Sex and the City with my girlfriends, like it was when it was on contemporaneously, right? And um, I had kind of like a not great summer fling with someone and, a fr- and we're, that prompted like kind of a difficult conversation with him. And a friend of mine was like, and at the time I was working at the student newspaper, I was a, a copy editor, uh, so I wasn't writing, but um, a friend was like, you should write about this. And I pitched a dating column. And so I started, the, the paper went for it. Uh, so I was doing that as a college student and it was really fun. And then I started working at the Washington Post as an editor, uh, a copy editor on the business desk and doing all sorts of opinion editing for the opinion section and for the business section. And then eventually I kind of couldn't leave the relationship writing behind, you know, dating just changes so quickly as we can all see from the yeah. past few months. Um, but also it's changed a lot, you know, in the past decade and, and anytime the post was writing about dating and it was like some old married person being like, look what the kids these days are up to. I, I would just cringe inside and was kindly, kindly, finally like let someone who's going through this write about this please um and let's make it like a real point of coverage because there really are so many people going through this um that it deserves that so I pitched this idea about um five or six years ago to write about dating and relationships and single life and the post went for it and yeah no in the past few months 
everything's changed again, right? <laughs> Were there like dating apps and stuff? Like, was it like, was Tinder around or? Um, it was right after, so Tinder launched in 2012 and it sounds like a long time ago, but it was around for a while before people, before a lot of people were using it, right? It actually started on USC's campus, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know when you were at school there, but they would recruit at, um, sororities and basically the idea with any dating app, but like Tinder really did a good job at it. They're like, if girls are on it, then yeah, you know the guys will follow. Right. So they really went after like sororities and that's how it really got started in like around 2012. And then after that you got Hinge and um, some of the other apps. And so, yeah, by the time I was pitching this in 2014, 2015, like the apps were around and they were a thing and Hinge actually got started in Washington. So we had like a local app in the game um, and things have just exploded from there. I, Almost every week, I get a pitch for a new dating app in my email that like somebody wants me to write about. There are so many out there. <laughs> Not enough. I feel like we don't need any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when the pandemic happened, were you like, "Oh God, like how is dating still going to happen?" Or were you more confident, like dating will always find a way? Yes, we'll always find a way to connect. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was. I think one of the first stories that I wrote about dating during coronavirus is interesting because it was like before the lockdown. Um, I went out to a bar and started talking because that's like in the pre-pandemic days, that's how I would do a lot of my reporting. You just go, there are always experts. There are experts you can call for dating and relationship stuff. Yeah. But when I'm looking for real people and what they're up to, you can't really do man on the street interviews so much because you don't know like who's single. So I'd always have good luck if I went to a bar and just started talking to people. And that's where they're out, like trying to meet people. So it's like a good time to be like, so tell me about which about your love life. <laughs> um, anyway, so about a week before lockdown, I went to this bar in my neighborhood and was just talking to people about whether coronavirus was affecting their love lives. And it just, it was so funny to hear people say like, no, it wasn't. Or maybe they were starting to think about it. I remember one man um, I was speaking to was like, of course, it's not going to affect, you know, my love life. And he had a bit of an accent. So I was like, can I ask where you're from? And he's like, I'm from Italy. And I'm like, of course, you know, do you know what's going on in your country right now? (laughs) It was pretty funny, um, funny in a sad way, but you know, that, you know, then very soon thereafter that bar closed and I actually was a little bit nervous afterward. I was like, oh gosh, I was, you know, just a few days before Mm -hmm. lockdown. I was at this bar talking to all these people within spitting distance. So that story that I wrote about like what people were going to be doing, whether they're going to be changing things up, got a ton of uh, attention at the time. A lot of people were reading it like way more than I expected. And I think because it just kind of hit on this moment of uncertainty of like, how are we doing this? What's going on? I mean, I remember at that point, I spoke to a dating coach in LA who had, she was like, Oh, people are going to still go on dates. They're not going to be doing FaceTime dates. And then that was early March and like, look where we are now. Right. So things just changed so fast um, that I was actually really excited to find out like, how would we be doing this? You know, I mean, before Mm -hmm. we got to the pandemic, there was so much dating app fatigue. I felt like dating was really ripe for some kind of disruption again. And what would it be? And I didn't think it would be, you know, this worldwide pandemic, which is unfortunate, but it is really forcing people to rethink how they meet and 
keep trying to date. I'm reading this book, um, Defining Decades, that talks about how, like, in your 20s, you need to start, um, like, finding your path and, like, thinking about, um, like, if the people that you're seeing are people that you want to be with. And I was wondering if you noticed, like, with the pandemic, if people were now looking more for relationships or if you feel like the hookup culture is still very much alive. Both. I mean, I thought I was assigned to do a story on like what's happening with one night stands. And I went into that reporting being like, of course, no one's going to be having one night stands. Let me tell you, there are a lot of people having one night stands (laughs) out there and, and willing to talk to the Washington Post about it. So like, uh, (laughs) they're just, you know, making sure they're safe and talking to the other person about how much they're quarantining, doing whatever they want to do. And then be like, all right, thanks. I'll, you know, see you again in two weeks or I will wait two weeks and meet up with somebody else. So people are definitely getting tested before. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, a lot of them aren't getting tested before, which is a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. I would say find a way to get tested before you do that. But, um, and a lot of people are kind of settling into relationships. I also talked to a lot of people who are like, nah, I don't want to date right now at all. Like the world is so crazy and uncertain and, um, they don't want to do like they just want to opt out for now so I don't are you guys in relationships what are your yeah I've been dating someone for five years now so our relationship adjusted a little bit because um he moved to New York right before the pandemic Mm. and I was living in LA um but since I came home to be with my parents in Philly it was still like even though he was closer it was still like sketchy because I was with my parents and New York was the epicenter of the pandemic at the time so we didn't really start seeing each other until like testing was more available and I'm very much single so I'm going through all those stages that you're talking about I was telling Lauren like I feel like in the beginning it was kind of nice like to do these FaceTimes and not have to like like be committed to like meeting up with them because I don't know I'm sure like as you know like from your experience too like it's like I remember one of my first like quarantine dates we had like such a good vibe over text and it was like very easy very fun and then we got on like the FaceTime and he just kind of like froze and like was just a completely different person And I was like, remember when I had to just go out and meet him and be like stuck like with drinks and or dinner, like I only do drinks now, but like, it's like, I had to like sit there and kind of like be like polite when it was like, just like the chemistry was off. So I liked in the beginning the the FaceTime thing, but now it's like, I feel like I have that fatigue that you mentioned where it's just like, Mm. why are we even talking? Like we should just be like sorting out what's going on in the world now and taking care of ourselves. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit burnt out on the dating apps. I don't know if you've like talked to kind of feel that way too. Uh, For sure. I mean, I, I kind of have seen both of the things that you're describing, like both people that say, I'm never going on an in-person first date again. Then yeah, a lot of people who are just tired of FaceTime dates in general. So, I mean, have you been on a lot of them? Um, I'd say, I don't know. I've talked to Lauren about most of them. Probably like, maybe like five to seven, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm very like thirsty. for the <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And do you do them all at home? Yeah, I do them at home just with my phone. And it's like, like sometimes it's like, we'll like be making a drink or something. And like, I guess you try to make it cute, like as much as possible. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Have you heard of any like interesting, like I know you wrote about um, that couple that was long distance for a little while. So have you heard like 
anything interesting that people are doing over FaceTime? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting that, and I talked to this matchmaker who um, said that some of her clients had been going on FaceTime dates like outdoors, like they would go to a place that is meaningful to them and then they would each FaceTime from that date. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I guess that also depends on kind of service you have or, or yeah Wi-Fi, but you can always do it over data a friend of mine was telling me about kind of you know a way to get to know each other to do like kind of show and tell like pick one item in your apartment that has is really meaningful to you and tell the other person about it I mean I think you know some of that stuff can help give you structure I have not done the like watching a movie together over FaceTime that seems like just like a lot of screens to manage yeah um and people have said that it's like difficult to try to start things at exactly the same time um and if I'm just watching a movie I kind of just want to be watching a movie uh also like what if you want to give commentary about the movie but then the person's like really intently listening you know like (laughs) you, you that's a whole balance you have to figure out then you can watch a movie together but put each other on mute yeah <laughs> um, one, yeah I mean one thing that I did um with the person that I've been seeing like we are both in DC and I'm just out in California for six weeks is this was just kind of an lark. we have been we do Skype when because he's not a um he's not an iPhone uh and we found that like Skype has a subtitle feature and it will transcribe you in real time which for a dork like me that actually has to do transcription for work I'm like oh this is fun let's see what kind of like funny things Skype says that we're thinks that we're saying or you know will it will it get it right and we had just like an hour of like kind of a really fun silly time saying random things and seeing if Skype got it right and some of them were like really dirty and not accurate and would just like take random screenshots and that was that was fun (laughs) um and that was kind of something we just like by fooling around with the app you know like oh look at this I can send you a heart and like my face got you know like superimpose a heart or something like that so I don't know when people talk about playing uh different kinds of games over these apps like I wouldn't, I don't think you need to spend a ton of time researching and finding, you know, all the best games to play. But if somebody has an idea, like, try it, go with it, see, it might actually be fun. I could just be like, literally playing with the features on the app, (laughs) seeing what's fun. And is this someone that you started seeing before quarantine? No, in quarantine. Okay. So I want to yeah. hear how that happened, like with your experience and knowing so much about everything that was going on with the dating world. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. A friend, um, a friend of mine, met this guy on Bumble a year ago, and they went on a couple dates. And she felt like he wasn't a match for her, but she had been to his apartment and wanted to move into his building. So mm-hmm. she was like, sent them this really nice email that was like, I'm sorry, I don't think we're a match, but I'm going to be your neighbor. And um, I remember hearing about that at the time because I also lived nearby. And I was like, yay, Daniela, you're moving to the neighborhood. Um, and then during quarantine, she wanted to introduce us. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like how much dating I'm going to be doing right now. I got ghosted pretty badly like a few months before quarantine and was maybe just starting to feel ready to date but then everything seemed I don't know I wasn't like really it wasn't like super eager to hop on the apps I like promptly didn't respond for like three weeks it was really bad it's just like that's not normally what I do I mean literally I kind of asked 
I mean, she asked me, do you want to be introduced? And I was like, I don't know. And then later I did say like, yeah, go ahead. Introduce me to him. Um, and so you know, he sent me this really nice email. I just didn't respond. I don't know. I got overwhelmed. You burn out. I, like uh, one of our first episodes, this was kind of like towards the beginning of the year. I got ghosted too. And that like, it takes you out of the game for a little while. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Also, I got to say, I, since I've been in a relationship for a while, I hadn't been ghosted in a while. But my nail lady ghosted me recently and I have sent her three messages and I am really heartbroken about it. And I'm like following her on social media and like, you know, liking her posts. So she remembers that she hasn't responded. (laughs) And now I feel like I remember how it's been to be ghosted again. (laughs) Yeah. it's Yeah. Yeah. So, but then eventually the mutual friend that introduced us, it was her birthday and I was bringing over ice cream for her and I realized like oh this guy that I was supposed to meet he lives in the building maybe he wants to like come downstairs and sing happy birthday and so I sent this email that was like hey sorry I've been MIA I'm coming to like sing happy birthday to Daniela do you want to like come down and say hi and sing to her with me and so he did that and then we like exchanged numbers and ended up like doing a Skype date and then going on walks and things like that um wearing masks and this is like late April so like a little ways into quarantine, but not yet. Like, you know, definitely you're going to be wearing masks. And we're going to be meeting outside and nobody's going to be in each other's apartments for a while. So, but it was actually like, I don't know. So kind of how that happened ended up to be, ended up being kind of nice. And it was funny when I was apologizing, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't respond to your email. He's like, it's all right. I saw that you wrote this column in the post about how it's okay to not date right now. And I just figured he didn't want to date. I was like, yeah, that's right. I mean, I wrote that, I wrote this column about how like, it's okay to just sit this one out, even though we don't know how long this one is going to last. And then after I wrote the column, I was kind of like, all right, well, maybe I'm ready now. So yeah, I mean, we started, we'd have this kind of routine where we would Skype once a week during the week, and then we would go on a socially distant walk on the weekend and some of those were like really long walks and it was really fun and then eventually kind of as the city was opening back up in DC like some of the restrictions were being lifted and we've been dating for like six weeks then we kind of decided to like let's try like (laughs) touching (laughs) and kissing and things like that so um it was yeah, it was, and we dated for like six weeks before any of that started happening. So, kind of really loving it. I was like, this is um, really interesting to me because I just have been so tired, burnt out on dating. At least this is like something different, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead of getting frustrated with like all that we couldn't do, I just kind of went into it being like, well, I'm going to approach this like I'm getting to know this person as a friend. And then we'll just see how that goes. I had this um, audition where I had to write like four characters out. And one of the characters I wrote was this character who was dating in uh, quarantine. And she's like, yeah, like we decided to touch knees and it was this magical experience. And like, then we were going to hold hands, but with our grabbers. Um, <laughs> and I then I read your article about uh, Rin and Elena dating. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, like this is real. Like I, I was just making this big joke about like people making decisions on when they were going to touch and everything. But like, no, people really doing that yeah no I mean the first time that he and I touched I was like what if we sit back to back (laughs) (laughs) our breathing will be focused like away from each other but I can just like at least and then we ended up like 
giving each other massages in the park or something and it was amazing um and like yeah I mean maybe at the time that wasn't so safe I don't know but also it was just like neither of us had touched anyone in like two months or something and it was kind of time to experience that and yeah it was super fun I was gonna say your friend is so nice and makes me feel selfish because I don't like if I go on like a bad date I'm never like oh he'd be a better match for my one friend I'm just like Well, I think you don't do it with the bad dates, right? Like (laughs) the legitimately bad dates, I don't think you wish on your friends. But um, sometimes there's like somebody that you're like, this person is nice, but maybe not for me. Um, And then you might set them up with a friend. I think I had another friend do that for me in the fall and, and it didn't, it didn't work out with, with me and that guy. But um, I thought it was really nice of her. And, And it's also, I think with friends, but do you ever have those friends where you're like, we are not going to end up with the same kind of person. Like you're, you know, you, you're definitely, you're, if you're going out a night on the town, like back when we did those things, um, you would, you wouldn't feel like that person is competition because you know that you're going to end up with just like different people. And I think that's what my friend Deb did for me before. And Daniela, yeah, I don't know. It's really sweet. And then of course now, like when I go over to his place, sometimes I'll like pregame at her place because they live in the same building I'll like have a drink with Daniela and then like go upstairs to see I'm not I haven't been saying his name on these things (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah and then I was gone in August when it was his birthday and so I just like left a gift with Daniela for her to give to him which was like nice um yeah I mean I feel like I owe her a setup right she and I were on a walk at some point in the past few months and we happened upon somebody that I had gone out with before and um, she was like, he's cute. And I was like, oh, let me find out, you know, if he's single. And he wasn't single. So <laughs> that that didn't work. But I was like, I owe Daniela a setup. Um, because every time that I try to do that, it does not, not work out. But I think now is the time, you know, if you have somebody in your circle that you think might get along with somebody else, you know, friends, I'm always more willing to go out with somebody who has at least been vetted by a friend than a random stranger on an app, you know? Well, whenever I was in DC, that's what I was going to ask you too. Like, I feel like I had like a certain experience with the men Mm. there. Um, Tell me. (laughs) Okay. So DC men, just very like, their job is like their identity. And it's very like, it's funny, like being in LA, because they always say like, what did they say that like DC is like Hollywood for like ugly people? Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah. I think it's true. I don't know about <laughs> having yeah, lived in LA and, and like, DC. Oh, I work for this person. And it's like, I don't know. Like, and I you was, probably don't care. I yeah, mean, like I just felt like yeah. there's a lot of pretentiousness. So I was curious about what your experience has been. No, that's definitely accurate. I mean, I would say that not not all DC men are that way, right? And I have I really don't love the person who's like, this is what I do for a living. And, you know, it's all I do. Um, Because you're dating the person, not their job, right? I have, like, it is, there are people that are not so attached to, like, that being their only identity. Like, I feel like I've dated a couple teachers, which was really great. Or people just that have normal jobs, right? Like, not something that is just, like, a creature of Washington. Like, which is what I say about the, like, I don't know. That's a great way to it. Folks, yeah. And one thing about, let's see, teachers. Well, there's a lot of lawyers too. Anyway, uh, one thing about quarantine that I think is actually a good, I think it's a good chance to get away from that 
so much like defined by what you do professionally, right? Because you can't go to the office anymore. You're, everybody's just like a person that's working from home or their cars yeah. or wherever. And um, everything else about your life matters a little bit more. Um, and I think it's, you know, easier to ask people like, oh, you know, what are you cooking these days? Or where are you hiking? Or um, what's like, what TV show are you binging? Things like that. Um, because, and we've seen just how tenuous employment can be in general, right? So I think it's a good chance to talk about other things other than your job, especially now that we all like you're surrounded. Yes, you're not in the office, but you're at home with your work all the time. And so you need to be doing other things and talking about other things. And it just doesn't have the same cachet, I think, that I used to have, which hopefully I would love for that to stick, like just be defined by things other than your job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always hesitant to be like, anyone in this area is like that because that's not the case. Like, and that's the same thing in LA with people being like obsessed with like, I worked on this film or I met this celebrity or like, blah, blah, blah. But like, not everyone's like that. You're right. And it's like, I try not to be so negative And so like, I don't know, like location specific when I'm like talking about dating. No, but that is, that is a very accurate representation of what it is actually like. Chloe, have you been on any like socially distant, but in-person dates in LA like recently? have I recently went on one um with a guy and we went to an outdoor restaurant because there are like a lot of outdoor restaurants opening up around yeah here. it just it sometimes feels a little selfish because I don't know how it is in DC but like you can sit down at the table and you can take your mask off but then like the staff has to keep their mask on and it's just like I don't know like I just think everything is kind of like should I be doing this or should I not yeah, I mean, I that's a constant struggle. Um, yeah. And all often people like, you know, singles are asking me like, when is it okay to kiss or touch somebody? And I'm like, I don't, that's like, I'm not a doctor, you know, <laughs> exactly. make that decision on your own. But um, yeah, I mean, I have been, I will go out and eat occasionally. I feel like I've been saving it for special occasions now. Yeah. And that it feels really nice to kind of just go out to eat like like the atmosphere um, or that I was really missing in quarantine instead of just before you would kind of go to any old place at any right. time. And I do think like the first time that um, this guy and I that I've been seeing the first time that we went out to dinner on a patio, it was just like it was amazing. I was like, this is like we went out to dinner. It's like no big deal. But it was our 11th or 12th date. And the fact that we waited that long to go out to dinner, it was just became it was like a really nice special thing and um yeah I don't know I was like I would like to do this less often actually and make it a nicer thing it is kind of nice yeah like it's like you kind of cherish it a little bit more for sure see do you also want to talk about the dating lab locally date lab is such a big deal like people just love it yeah I mean we have these big events around valentine's day usually every year and this year, they did like a fun dating game where people that had already signed up in that database picked one dater and then they got to like blind interview three oh, wow. possible dates for them to go out and like the rest of the audience could see everything and would, you know, scream if they wanted certain them to go out with like Bachelor one, two, or three. Uh, so that was kind of fun. I think, I think all of those dates people already went out on those dates. I mean, the thing about Date Lab that is so interesting and maddening is that you have a lot of 
really good or pretty good first dates where people end up not going on a second date. And mm-hmm. it's funny because you often, you know, all these married older readers in the magazine will get like so frustrated with that that is the case and I'm just like well yeah welcome to dating like there's a lot of really good first dates that in in not date lab that also don't end up as second dates or anything beyond that so um yeah it is kind of frustrating as a reader but I think it really (laughs) channels that frustration that we're all out there feeling well I have a funny story about date lab well I think to the was it it might have been the 2018 one. I'm not sure. Okay. No, actually, I think it was your event, like the one in 2019, back for Valentine's Day. I remember like reading up about it before I went to the event. And some guy that I had been on a date with in DC had done the date lab. And I was like, you know what? Of course he did the fucking date lab because he just like loved attention was and like loved talking about himself. Not to say that everyone that does the date lab does that. It's just like, of course he signed up for that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, was it, was it the guy who was on stage? No, he wasn't on stage. He, okay. he's like a, he's a vegetarian. That's like all I really, like, really remember about him. But um, yeah, I forget his, I even forget his name. I'm not sure. Wait, Steve? Uh, no, he's like he was an Indian guy. Oh, I've heard you talk about him before, Chloe. I got to interview Vyasar and Aparna recently. I read that article. That's I, yeah, I bullied Chloe last night for her Washington Post subscription and binged all of your articles. And then I, I walked downstairs this morning and I told my dad about how I was reading all of them. He's like, I have a Washington Post subscription. I was like, <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, you would. Good. Yeah, I made actually made my I made my parents watch Indian matchmaking with me over again because I had already seen it. And then I was when I was doing the interview with them, I was like, I want to refresh my memory on this. And so I made my my parents watch it with me. My dad watched the whole thing with me and um he it was really cute. He got like really upset when Nadia got ghosted. Oh, <laughs> he was like yes. I know. He was like, What? Why why would somebody do that? <laughs> I felt that like in my gut. Cause like you know how that is when they start acting yeah. weird and you're like, you were literally so cool on these other dates. Like where is this coming from? But like I hate to say it, but you just can never trust anyone until, like, I don't even, like... And that is exactly how I feel about my nail lady. You can never (laughs) trust anyone. You just can't trust them. Um, That's really cool you got to interview her, though. What was she like? Um, Aparna was great. Yeah. Um, She wants to be friends. We dated the same guy. Yeah. I mean, he was a lawyer in D.C. and then it's from Houston. And I guess, like, they met on Coffee Meets Bagel or something. And, Mm -hmm. uh... So that was funny. I like I thought I was gonna surprise her and be like, so we both dated the same man. And she's like, Yeah, he texted me last night. And I was like, damn it, I wanted to surprise you. I feel like she like <laughs> would have researched it before. Like she's like that type. Like she would have I mean, she, yeah, she I don't I'm not that like super public. I definitely don't name the people that I date. I don't think I had ever written about this person before. And he and I remain friends. So um but I couldn't believe like when I was watching the show, I just texted him because we talk about dating a lot. And I was like, Hey, have you watch the show and he's like yeah and I went on a, I went on two dates with Aparna and I was like of course he did because Houston like he moved to Houston after he, he left DC for Houston that's like why we broke up and um anyway I was just like I don't see you guys together at all like I can't even believe you went on two dates <laughs> um but uh but she's really nice um, that's really cool though what a small world that's funny it's, yeah super small world yeah 
It's funny because I'm sorry, we'll get into the letter, but like Nikki Glazer yeah. has this girl on her podcast that like they both hooked up with like the same guy. And like, it was really funny because she was like going back and like checking timelines. He was like, she was like, so when did he start talking to you? And she was like, yeah, there was some overlap there. And I was like, wow. I hope I get to do that with like all of my exes one day. Just like... <laughs> like fact check the timelines and stuff. We do have a letter from someone who has been dating during quarantine um, that we're going to read today. And she seems a little bit annoyed by it, but it says, Dear Damsels, despite the global pandemic, I've still been attempting to use the dating apps during quarantine. I've mostly been going on virtual dates, but I've had a few social distance picnics and outdoor dining experiences with a mask on too. Recently, I've started having some FaceTimes with a guy I find really cute and sweet and would love to meet in person. The only problem is he doesn't feel comfortable doing so, while I most definitely do. I don't want to put pressure on him or make him feel obligated because I know everyone is coping with this in their own way, but I don't think I can go on virtually dating him forever. I mean, my favorite love language is physical touch after all, but every time I bring up the idea of a safe and socially distant in-person hang, he gets awkward and changes the subject. How much longer do I wait to see if he will ever be able to meet up in person, sincerely, virtually exhausted of virtual dating? I mean, that one's hard. It's like, you don't want to put pressure on someone. And like, I feel like everyone's dealing with this in their own way. Yeah. I mean, I, my main question here is how long have they been virtually dating? Um, So first of all, I guess I'd be interested in whether he's virtually dating other people. And maybe that's why, like, maybe he only wants to see when you get to the in-person stage. He wants to be exclusive. I know. I can't believe that. that it's the guy that's being more careful. Like, come on, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because also in my reporting, I keep finding that like women are more careful than men. Exactly. Um, I'm assuming this is a woman because it's damsels, but like maybe maybe it's two men. Anyway, yeah. So I've been finding mostly that it's like women that want to wait longer. Uh, so that's interesting. But and I just I don't know how long has it been. She could also, since they are only virtually dating, she could date somebody else. I don't know, or she could just wait. Like, I would also say about the love language thing, look, it's maybe it's a good time to beef up her fluency in, some, in the four other love languages, right? Like, yeah. play around with things. Um, and I don't, I guess, I get that this part of quarantine is hard because we've been doing this for a while. It's not new anymore. Uh, so, hey, it's been a couple of weeks. Maybe it's been a couple of months of this. I don't know. And if she really can't handle it anymore, like maybe she should walk away, but it doesn't sound like she wants to. I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put pressure on him to meet up in person for sure. One thing that in my own experience, this person I've been seeing, he's been, he was very like, I don't want to put pressure on you. Um, I'm not going to push you to do anything you don't want to do. And I was like, thank you. I mean, I'm just, we were kind of on the same page about, one if to take that risk, but not everybody is. Um, I don't think that's a sign of like, oh my gosh, you're incompatible. Yeah, I would find out like, is he seeing other people just to see if that is connected? And then maybe even just, it's hard to ask like, when do you think you'll be ready? <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, you know, sometimes people make decisions just because they're frustrated, right? Like, yeah, you be really, really careful. And then you're like, oh, I'm tired of being careful. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that it feels like more and more we're learning how to make do in this world. Like there are ways to be safe going about these sorts of things. And again, with what you said, it depends how long they've been chatting. But 
I mean, she could offer to get tested if it is a she. It's like, if it really mattered to you, you could make it work to make that person feel comfortable. Um, And I feel like if that person still won't see you, I would wonder if they didn't have other reasons that they weren't seeing you. That's such a good, and see, this is how like, I need to be more, um, I don't know. I I like to think I'm not naive because like I've been dating for a while, but like, you're right, Lisa, like he could be like talking to other people and that's why he doesn't want to invest in seeing you. And like something we talk about a lot is like, you know, if it is a female, like girls are a little bit guiltier of doing that when they find a genuine connection, but like that might not be like reciprocated on his end. So I feel like that's really good advice to like talk to other people, maybe someone who's like a little bit more on the same page and wants to do like a socially distant picnic with you. Like that's a good way to like get your mind off of this one person. Yeah. And I think I would just ask him point blank uh, why he doesn't feel comfortable um, and when he thinks he might feel comfortable with the caveat that like the when, I get that it's hard to say, but even if she wants to know like how much longer do we wait to see if we'll ever be able to meet up in person, like you could ask, you know? Well, you, you can figure out how to be safe and how to be careful. Um, and I think that if it's still not working out, if you've taken all the precautions and everything else, then it seems like there's another issue. Cause I think I am the most paranoid person and I'm, mm. you know, still seeing people in parks with masks and my face shield, but, um, you know, I've been safe at this point. So. Yeah. I mean, I do think it is hard to find people who are on the same page as you. So like a little patience is nice. And like, at least he's not being the other way. Right. Like, right. I don't know. One of my friends went out with somebody and I think in person and then on a second date, he was like pressuring her to come upstairs or something. And she was just like, ah, I'm not ready to be inside with you on a second date. And then she's like, ah, that seems aggressive. Yeah. You were like, right now. It was like pandemic or not. I'm not ready. For yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's tough. I liked your article about like this having to like slow people down a little bit and like getting to know each other more because I don't know. I feel like I've had, I've had that experience, but I've kind of also had the experience of like, you know, like all we can really do is like, once we are comfortable with each other is like go to each other's houses. And that's kind of reserved for like later on in the relationship. So I don't know, like, I feel like it's okay to like set a slower pace in the beginning because then you don't get like caught up in like, we're just doing things as if we were a couple, but we're not yet because that kind of takes the fun out of like building up to getting there. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lisa, and tell people where they can find you and find your writing. So I'm on Twitter at Lisa Bonos, L-I-S-A-B-O-N-O-S, and you can find me on WashingtonPost.com. We have a great deal on subscriptions right now, $29 for the year, digital subscriptions, and uh, and there's a lot of other good content on the site, not just me. We have an election coming up, so <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff to read. Well, thank you so much right. for coming well, on, for Lisa. Me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. This was great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for having me. That was so nice to hear from her. It's so interesting to hear because, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like these people that, like, I look to for, like, dating advice and stuff just, like, have it all together and, like, you know, never let guys do them wrong. And it was, like, kind of nice that she opened up and was, like, I got ghosted and that really sucked and I needed to take a break because I think that's such an important lesson when you are burnout on dating, you should take a break. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And also just like somebody who, um, 
like is still in the dating game, like not in their twenties. I felt like it was great to hear like somebody who really does have it all together. I felt like it didn't put as much pressure on like a timeline that you're doing things that like, whether you find a relationship or not, like serious, like it really doesn't matter. There's no pressure on a timeline because like everyone's happiness, just like Miss Toto said last week, looks a little bit different. Which because I'm reading this Defining Decades book that I brought up a little bit earlier that talks about like the importance of goals and even like love goals and a timeline. And it just felt like very stressful because I think I'm definitely somebody who um, like doesn't like the pressure. Like as a child of divorce, like I don't want to feel like I need to adhere to a specific timeline. And like we've talked about before, but like dating is not my whole life. Right. And I never want it to be. So it was nice hearing from somebody who like, even though so much of her life is focused on dating, it didn't feel like she put that type of pressure in it in her own life. Well, it's funny you say that about like defining what you want to do. So last night was a full moon and I got my witch on and I started (laughs) manifesting things, which is like all the rage right now. You're so LA. Really not like too witchy. So you write down like five people or like five situations that you feel gratitude for and you like send love to them and you write down your intentions and then you write down um, some wishes that you have. And my wishes were more like kind of broad because I feel like when I was younger, it was like, I will lose 20 pounds. I will find a boyfriend. I will do, you know, like I'll do this and I'll do that. But like, it was more so like, you know, in the coming months, like I'll find like a nice bond and a nice connection with someone on a romantic level. And I will like be more focused on a healthy lifestyle and like be more accepting of my body and like not beat myself up for like having a cookie. And like, I just feel like it's kind of more so like when you don't like set these expectations of like, I'm going to be married by this age or I'm going to be this, like, you're just kind of like more open to what comes I don't know. It just like felt good to like put it out there and put it in the universe. You're supposed to like really like visualize like, like these things happening. And um, I don't know, like I, I like visualize like a nice connection and a nice bond with someone because it's been like kind of a while since I've had that. But like, I remember what it feels like. And I didn't like in the vision, I don't like know what he looks like. It's just kind of like the feeling and mm-hmm. I don't know, it got me a little like sentimental, but um it was really nice. And then we ended it with like a nice little meditation, which every time I meditate, I say, I want to do it every day. And then I don't, um, but meditation is so good for you. I, yeah, I used to be like, that and say I wanted to do it. And now I have been doing it like since the beginning of quarantine, meditating every day. And it is honestly life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I respond to situations with more peace, as annoying as that sounds. It just centers me so that when I have um, like a reaction towards something, I can be a little bit more relaxed in it and not like anger and anxious and like nervous in responding. Um, One thing that I love about it is like the idea of this too shall pass. And like when you're feeling an anxious thought, like or there's some situation that feels really big in the moment when you um, meditate and you realize like you give time to things that like no situation is going to last forever and that this week's problem will not be next week's problem. I feel like that's so useful in the dating world because some of these things can feel like they're so big at the time, but if you just like can take space from it and like look at it with reflection, which I feel like meditation is so great for, it helps to realize that like all of these things will pass and like today's worries will not be tomorrow's. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so healing just like mentally and physically. Cause like the guided one I did was like 
send like love to like a part of your body that like isn't feeling the greatest. And I just realized like, I don't like my left side of my body. I don't use it as much. It's not as strong. And I just like, like, like it was like visualizing, like sending love there. And like, I know there's been studies of like, if you like mentally, like kind of like feel these things and like put these things in your body, it's like very good for you. So everyone go meditate. (laughs) (laughs) Meditate and then write up the letter. Meditate on what you want to write about. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was a lovely chat. And until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.